Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. All right, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me today, of course, is the very fantastic Jojo, a co-host like no other. Hello, Jojo. Howdy-do! <laughs> Jojo, I live for this uh, weekly howdy-do's. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I actually like to even edit, uh, you know, re- return a bit more to, to the howdy-do's. If I could just like trick it and make it, how, 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 how do you do? You know, but I know that would sound weird, so I don't do that. <laughs> so Jojo, how you been? I've been good. How about you? Uh, it's been it's been an interesting week, but mm-hmm. like, hey, uh, the most important thing is that we're here, and you we, we're taking it on a day to day day to day basis during the week, isn't it? <laughs> it's like ah, we're here today. one day at a time, one day at a time. We we're not going to. I mean, you know that we are in the U.S. Uh, for our audience uh, listening abroad. So we're not going to go into details because we, we assume that you've watched the news and <laughs> you see what's going on. And if um, you haven't, good for you. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> if you haven't, seriously, good for you. Because uh, this is for me like almost the train wreck analogy. Oh, gosh, like my yes. wife keeps telling me, let's not watch anything news related today. And I'm like, I'm not sure I can do that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. First, like, because you have to stay informed, because otherwise, then you get discouraged from from everything, and you don't keep up with what's going on, and things take you by surprise. And I don't want that. Uh, but the second thing is, it's because I don't know. You have to watch. Like it's like, let me see what kind of fuckery is happening today. <laughs> you know, what so kind of bonkers <laughs> shit is going down the rail. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Seriously. So with that said, what we're going to do today is bring you a very lighthearted. Last week, we went a bit serious for, for our first episode of the, of the year. Any? We did. But nonetheless, I'm, I'm actually very glad that we talked about this because it is an important issue. And I think we made, we made our point when I was, I enjoyed editing this one more than any time. Because, Jojo, you were brilliant. Like, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You took, you took command of, of this topic in a way that I have, you know, uh, I've seen you, I've seen you do your thing. Like, you, you have a way with words that I, as uh, eloquent as I think of myself, and I've been told I am, like, you, you, you make me look like, like a, Bubbling baby. <laughs> uh, and so this uh, last week episode was all you, and you came up with the topic, and you 
you took command of it and uh, you guided the episode in a way that the conversation of the episode in a way that I am uh, incredibly proud of. So, well, like I said, much. thank you very much. It was a good episode. I've I've always said my my co-host is better than yours, so <laughs> I'm playing when I say that. <laughs> 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 so yeah, JJ. Thank you very much for that. Thank Today you. we are talking about again a very light-hearted. Uh, what what do you want to call it? It's like a a, a documentary slash comedy. Yeah, yeah. Not not a mockumentary because mockumentary is sort of like a, about a fake subject. This is about right. a true subject, but um, but yeah, like a, a comedy documentary. And I have to say, I I liked it because it is one of those. It, it tackled taboo words in in the entire idea of swear words and and the myths that come up with it. So obviously, we're talking about Netflix's the history of swear words. Another suggestion by you, George. <laughs> I'm just full of brilliant ideas. Yeah, man. Um, I, uh, and the reason why I say that because I saw the document. The show was there, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna watch this, but I would have never brought it up for a for an episode because I I tend to take myself a little way too too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but when you suggested it, I'm like, okay, but this could do this could be a good episode, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I I think I think it. If it had been full-on comedy, I don't think it would have been something that we would have necessarily wanted to talk about together. But since it goes into the, as you said, the taboos and the history of swear words. So it tells you in a very entertaining manner, but it's also very educational too. So I think it's the kind of thing that we could get a good conversation out of. Very well then. So to start, I'm going to ask you, of course, to do your magic and uh, tell our audience uh, a bit more about the history of, of swear words, which obviously there it is in in the title. <laughs> <laughs> it does what it says on the tin. <laughs> <laughs> so how does it go? What happens there? Is there just a bunch of people swearing, or uh, <laughs> is there something more to it? <laughs> so it's a it's a documentary series, uh, a comedy documentary series that talks about many common swear words that are used in the English language. It's hosted by Nicolas Cage, and uh, it has quite a few different comedians and entertainers who talking about their own use of the swear words, their interpretations of the swear words. And then there's also a panel of experts that they have that come on to talk about uh, each swear, and it's it's either history, it's cultural repercussions, it's cultural meanings, it's it's uh, evolution, and it's just a it's it's a not a very long, particularly long series, but I found it extremely entertaining, and as I said, also very educational because there were things that I thought I knew about swear words that I I didn't know either the correct thing or I didn't know at all. So I, I learned things from this, and I. Um, I like the idea, too, of it because I don't know how often people think about the history behind a word when they use it. 
So I kind of hope that this is like a comical way of people to dip their toes into the idea of the history of words and the importance of the history of words and where they come from. And maybe a way for them to say, you know, what does this word actually mean? You know, where did it actually come from? And not necessarily a swear or maybe a different swear, whatever, but just, just the idea to kind of get it in people's heads thinking about the history of words. Because to me, that's just a totally fascinating subject, not dry at all, and very um, important too, if it's going to be a word that you use in your everyday language. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's funny because we have gotten very comfortable with thinking that every word in the English language and in most European languages for that matter is is either Anglo-Saxon or Greek or Latin, right? Like that that's that's to the extent we think of words and uh, we we have seldom realized that words that we use today may have become deconstructed into what they are today and therefore is hard to actually find meanings to it other than I don't know what it means but it's good to use it as a swear word is it wouldn't you say Jojo yes yes exactly and so what this documentary does is that it puts a lot of it into context and I like the fact that they comedians to talk about the way they contextualize those swear words, the way that they use it in what occasions and whatnot. And then they bring linguists and uh, lexicologists to sort of like do that deconstruction and present us with the logic and the story behind it. So I, I thought that was incredibly interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they, there was, you know, and I should have done some research so I could could tell, say the term, but there was the term for one person says something and then two people hear the something that the person said and they each take something completely different away from it because of their background, because of their understanding, because of their, their history. It was interesting hearing the 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 very, um, very erudite people talking about the kind of thing that, you know, if I say the word damn to some people, that means one thing to some other people, they're horribly offended by it. To some people, it doesn't mean anything at all, but it's just the difference between those two completely different, different people. I thought that was a really interesting and, and, and not just in the context of swearing, but in the context of, of everyday speech. Yeah, and, and we've always, I think, for different reasons, we've always talked about the power of some words and the way that people who have been victimized by those words take it back, take the power off of it and basically recycle it to use it as terms of endearment or as, as something that they own, right? And we're going to go into into that a little bit, but I thought this was probably the greatest or best explanation for people who don't understand, because have you, like, one of the things I've seen a lot is that you see people who have never been called a word complaining that 
this is so confusing. I don't know what to call you because everything now is so offensive. Do you see what I mean? Like the whole idea of like, you know, my grandparents called you this. I should be able to call you that. In fact, you and your friends called yourselves that. <laughs> so uh, I, I think we, we had this conversation before about someone who was t telling me that they were nervous and confused about when and how to approach a black person and call them either African-American or black. <laughs> and my answer to that was, how about you call them whatever they tell you they feel better being called? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so it's as simple as that. Uh, because, you know, the idea is, and it's the same thing with the he, she, they, uh, all of those nouns, right? Like, look, if a trans person or a gender non-binary person tells you, I don't want to be called a he or a she, fucking comply to that. And that's it. Right. You know, and, and if you're in doubt, you know, how, just ask them, how would you prefer to be referred to as, right? And it is, it's as simple as that. Am, am I seeing, am I oversimplifying this at all, Jojo? No, I, I don't think so at all. I think there's a great example of that for people who struggle to understand that in the episode that talks about the word bitch. Right. Because that is a word that has, you know, a pretty straightforward entomology, you could say. But it's something that is still... You know, I don't want to be called a bitch by just anybody, like the comedian said. But, you know, like you've got friends like, oh, bitch, please. That kind of thing. <laughs> you've got friends you can say that to. And you know you can. And I'm not yeah. saying that that's... I'm, I'm not saying that that's what everybody should do or anything like that at all. But what I'm saying is that in context there, in the context of relationships, there are words and terms that you can use for each other that it's not okay for someone who isn't part of that relationship to not be able to use, you know, like you could say something like, like as simple as, 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 as sweetheart or darling, right. or, right. you know, there are some people who really do not want to be called that other than by someone who is their significant other. That's right. And, you know, other people are like, but you know, what's the big deal? It's, it's a nice term. It's a term of, of endearment. It's a kind word. Sure, it is, but if they don't want you calling them sweetheart, then don't call them sweetheart. Simple as that. So Just don't do it. Just don't do it and, <laughs> and call it a day. Like the whole idea of making an argument for it and like, oh, but just just, just don't. Just, yeah, like, just oh, you're, you're such a snowflake. You're so offended, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it's, it's uh, their personal preference and it really takes, it costs you zero dollars. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it costs you zero dollars to not use that word, you know, and, and again, I suppose that there is the, I guess, natural inclination with some of us to want to give some people a pass with some things. And I don't, I'm not saying whether that's right or wrong either, because I'm not sure how I feel about that. But you know, you have sometimes the older, the older ladies who will call you sweetheart, no matter what, this is just an example. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, well, you know, that's, that's the culture. That's what they did back then. I'm not really using that in terms of, of, of negative words to say, but I'm just talking about in the terms of the way our human brain works. We do have this, I think, 
something in us that wants to be like, I want to try to understand. This makes me uncomfortable. I want to try to give you a pass because I know of your culture, your background, your age, whatever. I think it's the most important thing about the the reason why people should should travel more. The more you can get to know other cultures. And when I say that, I don't mean it in that, you know, you have to travel the world. There are 50 states in in this country. And despite what others would like you to believe, is one of the most culturally diverse countries. Except that uh, it is, for the most part, tremendously segregated in that everybody pick their corners, create their own bubbles, and um, only interact mostly with other people, people from other cultures, either at work or in situations where they have to. The truth of the matter is you can learn a lot from other people and their backgrounds if you are willing to listen, one. And the second thing is if you are willing to meet them halfway. And so for me, when I see somebody railing against political correctness, the first thing that comes to mind, this motherfucker is a racist. (laughs) (laughs) And would love for shit to be still in in the same way they were in the 1950s. Or or a misogynist or or you know it, it, lots yeah. of other other ist words that are not good, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, and I think the political political oh goodness political correctness has come to mean something entirely different than speaking of the evolution of words, but has come to mean something entirely different than what the original intent behind it was. To me, it just means doing your best to not offend somebody's culture, somebody's feelings, somebody's um, upbringing, and also trying to be just a regular, decent human being and learn from things. As you said, listen to people and be like, oh, I never in a million years thought because of my upbringing that that could be offensive to somebody. But now that you say that, I understand that could definitely be offensive. So I'm sorry, and I won't use it in that way. To me, that's the meaning of political correctness. But I think that it's been sort of skewed by the people who want to be able to say whatever they want to be able to say because they're ists in whatever it may be. I think it's been skewed to be uh, have more of a negative connotation, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Like I say, it's all in the idea of this is what you're comfortable with being called. So I'm going to call you that. When I meet another person who is like you or who looks like you, I am going to try my best to figure out either by asking them directly or by looking for the most neutral terminology that I can use to address this person. I'm going to talk about a bit of a controversy in the world of soccer that just happened. And I know <laughs> I, I do that a lot, but soccer is my the main sport that I follow. So, um, But I think it, it, it fits the perfect, the perfect example here. In Latin America, Jojo, you know that there are different connotations 
for the word negro, negro, but negro, which is how it's said and pronounced in Spanish. And so a Uruguayan player named Edinson Cavani, he plays for Manchester United in England, had a fantastic day on his game. He uh, scored two late goals and, and won the game for his team. And somebody on his social media thread congratulated him. And the whole thing was in Spanish. Hey, congratulations, you stepped up and did your thing and blah, blah, blah. We're very proud. And Cavani's answer to this guy was, gracias, negro, right? That, for somebody like me who was raised in a uh, Spanish-speaking country, for me, that's a term of, term of endearment, especially when I've congratulated someone for having done a great job. Sure. <laughs> you know. Sure, um, sure. And, and to be honest with you, like, you don't necessarily have to be a dark-skinned Spanish-speaking person in certain countries for you to be called negro because it's a term of, it's a way of people calling you my dear, love, my good friend, whatever you want to make of it. Do you know what I mean? So Edinson Cavani really wasn't trying to be offensive to this person. He was connecting through culture, through his own culture, to call this person someone who he holds dear. Having said that, a lot of people who are not from the Latin culture decided to make a fuss about it. And the league, which is an English league that does not understand nothing about the the Spanish culture and the language in in itself, fucking banned him for three games and fined him because the term that he used was considered racist in in accordance to the league. So (laughs) that created a huge controversy that should have never happened. You know, and but again, that's not to say that the same people who call you negro as a term of endearment in Spanish could not turn around and and, and use it as a way of insulting you. It's the same thing with every word. Like, as you said, we were talking about the whole bitch thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's that's 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 what happened. It's just a matter of connotation, tone circumstances in which those words are being used. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Language is so much more than just words, in my opinion. It's language is so much more than just hi, how are you? It's it's as you said, it's inflection, it's 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 cadence, it's it's so many different things. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's how often you clear your throat. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I guess my question also would be the person that he said that to, did they have an issue with it? Would like were they, were they like, oh, how dare you call me that? Or no, not okay, at all. So, it, so it, it, it was, it was totally a decision by people who were outside of the relationship. Exactly. Okay. There's that. Okay. But the thing is, afterwards, I was having this conversation with my friend, best friend, my best mate. You know. I'm godfather to his child, and you know we've we've known each other for over twenty years, 
And to him, this is a simple issue. And I was trying to explain to him that it is actually not as simple, right? Because to him, it's exactly the way I've explained it to you. Like it should have been left alone because these are two people that speak the same language and are within the same culture. So whatever they call each other, we should let them explain themselves and accept their explanation for it, as opposed to just jumping to a conclusion and, and bringing fines and, and, and regulations that don't, 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 don't fit, right? Right. But I was trying to explain to my friend Raphael that even though I understand that, I understand that this is much ado about nothing, the league was actually thinking about a greater responsibility in terms of we don't want this to become normalized among people who do not understand the cultural background of this. And so they thought they were nipping that in the bud. And you have to understand that. Am, am I wrong in, in, in that assertion? I mean... I understand that the league is sort of like out of the out of their league, no pun intended, in meddling in an issue that they don't culturally have the background to understand. But I also understand the overreaction in that we don't want this to become normalized and start being used, you know, for people who are not part of that culture to start using it just because it, it sounded cool and we allowed Cavani to use it. It, it, it is. Wouldn't wouldn't you think that there's a point there? Yes, yes. I I actually I can see both sides of that coin. I can see that with the relationship between the two people and the background and the culture between the two of them, you know that that was nothing. But if you're taking a worldview and you're on the world stage, which they are, then you have to be able to have that sort of worldview to say. This is a word that could be used negatively, and we don't want people to think it's okay to use that. I, I, you know, I think in America there is another N word that could probably be used. You know that that is some people have tried to say. Well, you say it to each other, so right. we should be able to say it. So. Right. I just I, I I I see where I think I can see what the league was trying to do. Sounds like maybe they handled it a little poorly. Exactly. It could have definitely been handled differently, um, maybe privately. But I I do see I understand what they were trying to do. All right. So, um, Jojo, let me ask you this then: Which tell me the words that you actually, you know, were were most interesting to you to find out about? I think the origin and the the history of the word fuck was 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 very very interesting because I I I had not heard I had heard many different things about it and hadn't really done much real research on my own so it was interesting to know that it was from originally from a word that meant to to strike to to hit somebody so I I found that interesting and I you know the 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 experts who were talking about it too linguistically and the the actual you know alliteration of the of the word fuck it's just so cathartic it's such a good word it's such a perfect word to encapsulate 
so many feelings. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good ones, bad ones, middle ones, you know, it's like, and, and the fact that you can, you can use, it's such a diverse word and that you can use it for so many different things. You can add so many tenses and make it such, such a different word that it, it's just, it was the very first uh, word that was covered in the series. And I found it to be one of the most interesting. So there was that one. And then the, <laughs> the other one was pussy which uh, was not... That one was interesting, wasn't he? Yes, very, very interesting. Like, yeah. I, I did not know some of it. Some of it I had read before, and, you know, kind of the, the, the take back that's trying to happen with that word, too, is, is, is interesting. So um, I, I thought that was very fascinating. Also, the fact that it's, it's so taboo. Yeah. And I had never really thought of it that way. So I, I that too, to me, I was like, I, I kind of thought, because they were, I'm going to get, you know, blue here, but I felt like they were comparing it as being almost on the same level as the word cunt in terms right. of offensiveness, which surprised me because I, I'd never thought of it that way. So it was that was a lesson for me. Yeah, you know, and the crazy thing is that, much like you, I had heard a lot of different versions of the origin of fuck. And I think it might well be the one curse word that everybody seemed to have tried to find an origin to. And the one explanation, which we turns out that is actually not true at all, that seemed to have stuck. And I learned about that in, in the seminary was the whole, you know, fornicating under the, king, under the consent of the king and, and, and shit like that, which seemed like really so plausible. But it turns out the whole story doesn't pun out because why the fuck would the king need to give you your consent to fornicate, <laughs> to give you consent to fornicate, you know? It just doesn't yeah. make any sense, does it? Yeah, no. Uh, and then it turns out that it's actually a Dutch word and... Yes, to strike, which then is interesting because when you get struck, the first thing that comes to mind is fuck. <laughs> yes. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but at the same time, when you when somebody gets struck, this motherfucker got fucked up. <laughs> Yes. 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 So, to a certain extent, we've been utilizing this word etymologically, even though we didn't know that. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You know, we feel pain, and we—that's the first thing comes in your head, right? You hit your foot. You know, you fall, or somebody hits you, or whatever. You you think fuck. So maybe it's one of those words that like just came out of out of the human consciousness. Yes, that, that is an amazing thing. I, I loved it, and, and I, I love that they led with it. It was the very first episode. But there were a lot of these words that I was never curious about until I came across this show, right? So, shit, for, for example, was another one. Yes. I'm like, do we, has anybody ever wondered for real? The origin of shit, because to me, like, it, it, I thought it was a way that, that in English, you say excrement, right? Right. But 
little did I know that there, there's an entire history to it. And I think the crazy thing is that it actually evolved into becoming a swear word, but was never intended for that. And that seems to be the, the common theme here, that words start innocently until somebody insert a, a meaning or, a, or gave it a certain amount of power that it should not have. And all of a sudden, boom, here we have a swear word. Yes. Yes. My own personal observation was that people who don't typically curse or cuss, when they do, they, it, it always seems like they come out with shit, um, which I, <laughs> I, I just find amusing because it's like, you know, of all, of all the great pantheon of words and you're, and you're going to cuss in front of somebody, your brain has made this, you know, conscious decision. I don't cuss, but I'm going to cuss in front of somebody. To me, they always chose the word shit. And I always wondered why. Like, I guess because maybe it's a little worse than damn, but not as bad as fuck. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like right in between, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle but I always I always wondered that like what 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 is this connection with that but that's just that's that's a totally uh my own observation that's not scientific in the slightest <laughs> it was also interesting to see that there uh damn for instance is the only word that originated to mean what it meant what it and what it still means but from its origin, it was always considered to be an iffy word. Uh, isn't that weird? Yes, yes. That it's it's really one of the few that has a, a very religious connotation. Like it, it has always been a word that you take seriously. Like it has always been not, I don't know necessarily a taboo word, but one that is something that you don't just say lightly. Yeah. And even though we call swear words cursing, the one that is actually a curse is, is them because it always follows, even in Spanish or in any Neo-Latin language, when you talk about damnation, we know that you are cursing somebody. And in, in terms of, you know, the law, condemnation is also what happens when somebody, a sentence is dictated. In fact, in, in Spanish, in French, in Italian, that's the word you say when when somebody's being sentenced. Like in, in, in English, we all get used to, to, to the term, so-and-so is getting sentenced, or this person was sentenced to death, right? But in the, the Neo-Latin language is conde condemned to death or condemned to a certain amount of, of prison time. Like, you know, in French... Oh, el condené in Spanish for condenado. Like it is the word that we use <laughs> to, to, to be condemned. And to find out that it originated as such and it still remained with that same meaning, that it was the swear word, the, 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 the curse word that it is, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I think that's uh, one of the most important things uh, takeaway from the show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree that as much as language changes and evolves and, and as much as words change and evolve, that there are some that, that hold on to their core meaning that have always meant what they've always meant. And, you know, they 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 may never change. And I, I think that's, 
that's really, really interesting to know that you can use a word today that hundreds and hundreds of years ago, someone would know exactly what you meant and be like, oh, Lord. (laughs) 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 She's going to hell and so am I. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But, you know, I think the other one, the other episode that I thought was interesting too, that was the use of the word dick, which I never really considered a swear word. So yeah, I, I did. I, I did not consider. I knew it wasn't a polite word. I mean, you know, that that not something you'd maybe typically use in a business meeting. Stop being a dick, you right, know. But right. but my manager was being a dick. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's. I I never thought of it as an actual swear word. So, but I also found that one interesting in that it if I'm remembering correctly, started as a name and was always a name up until relatively very recently in terms of language and how somebody's name becomes a swear word. It's, that's just, that's fascinating to me, that whole process of how that can happen. I can only imagine that there was a Richard that was in, that was really, really, really a bad motherfucker. And somebody decided, you know what? Anybody who's as bad as, as this Richard is going to be also na- nicknamed a dick. And so because Richard was dicking around, so anyone who dicked around was a dick too. Uh, yep. <laughs> but yep. but it, it is amazing that he actually started as a nickname. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I thought that was just fascinating. The other thing that actually I found interesting and I never thought about is that Anyone who was born, I want to say maybe since from the 60s on, and is named Richard, actually is a Rick or a Ricky. Like no longer uh, have people, you know, nicknamed their Richard's dicks. <laughs> no, no. All right? No. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, there might be a Rich or something like that, but you're you're, yeah. you're not going to meet. A, a younger Dick. I mean, you'll meet a younger Dick, but his his, <laughs> his name's not going to be Dick. Do you know what? This is going to be our audiogram for the week. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to make a younger Dick. <laughs> the history of school. <laughs> You're not going to make a younger. <laughs> that is that, that is a funny thing. So I think what we've learned from this show. And I would like to hear what you what you would say about that is that most of it is a question of connotation, is a question of circumstances, is a question of intent. Because we've always said, like, you know, while my mother or my father can call me a boy, nobody else can call me a boy because I'm not a boy. Simple as that. While my Spanish-speaking friend can call me, hey, como estas, mi negro? You know, nobody else can call me negro because I don't know you like that, motherfucker. (laughs) You know, so I I think, if I remember correctly, it was uh, Scalia who said, no one really knows what a swear word is, but when you hear it, you know. (laughs) And I think that's that's entirely the case. That is the best definition of, of a swear word, isn't it, Jojo? Yeah, 
Yeah, I I would definitely agree with that. Like it's once once you hear it, you know, and you know that it's being used as a swear or in the case as a slur towards you. You 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 will know. You might not know the word, but if somebody says it to you and the intent is there, you're going to be like, "Okay, yeah, let, let's go around. I don't know what that means, but let's take this outside and exactly. <laughs> and finish it that way." Yeah, right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know what that means, but I I felt I felt whatever you were projecting with that word, so Exactly. So, yeah, I completely agree. And language is so much more than just words. Words are, of course, incredibly important. And words are one of the things that separate us, you know, in terms of, of consciousness, one could say, from, from animals. But the the intent behind them, the way we say them, um, what we say and how we say it uh, is, is just as important as the, the actual word itself. And that is not to say that you may not, you may have meant well when you said something and that it cannot be misconstrued. So it is important important to understand that, yes, while there's more to word than what words mean, you don't go around saying words without the saying certain words, calling people a certain name without their, their consent, without having a relationship as a basis for it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Very, very true. And it's, you know, just because, and if you meant well by something and you ended up offending someone, you know, don't have the knee-jerk reaction of, well, you're an idiot because that's not how I meant it. You know, we, we need to have, I think, more reactions in the sense of, let me try to figure out, let me try to understand what I said or how I said it that made it offensive. You know, and it may just be the case that the person is is being unreasonable. Of course, we know there are unreasonable people in the world. But, you know, let take it as an opportunity to pause and say, let me let me try to think about how I'm presenting myself with my speech. Yeah, and I I think one of the biggest problems we have with words, especially in the English language, is that most of people who would like to make an argument against political correctness make it about equality. And in, in, its, in the most naked sense of the, of the word, equality doesn't always mean just Equality does not necessarily mean fairness, right? So, which is why, you know, somebody shorter than you might, might need a ladder to get to uh, the, some products at the supermarket. Yet that person is another person exactly like you, but they just happen to be shorter. So, so, so we are equal, but there is sometimes the need for a ladder. And what I mean by that is don't have, as Jocelyn said, the knee-jerk reaction of like, well, if you say to other people that are like you, you know, or that look like you or that are from you, uh, are from the same background, I should be able to call you that too because we are all equal. That's not the way it works. And I had... The, my conversation went there with my friend because he he made this argument in that, well, the only way it stops is for people to stop c- 
calling. Stop using the word. And I'm like, no, no, no. The only, the way it stops is for people to start to understand that the same way that you wouldn't, I don't know, walk up to somebody you've never met before on the streets and just hug them because we have boundaries. It's the same thing with words, right? Even if I've known you for a certain, like for instance, because of my interaction with Britain, the, the time that I live there, one of the words that I use a lot is love, right? And I don't mean anything by that at all. And there's a lot of things that I used to say in 2004 when I moved to the U.S. that were just out of a British sense of, of thinking. Like, you know, I spent at least four years in and out of England, and so most of my interaction in English before moving to the U.S. was with British people. And there's a lot of shit that I, I, I said before that Americans were like, what? What, what the? No, we don't say that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, this, no, we don't say that, you know. And so I, I had to you know, relearn all of that. But I still say love. I still call a lot of people love. And sometimes I can see the reaction like, love, hey, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're right, love. <laughs> you know, like, dude, no, I, that's not what I meant. <laughs> you, you know, but once I, if if it escapes me, once I see the reaction, I backtrack and I know that, okay, this is not, you know what I mean? But I don't spend time and energy trying to explain to people why they should accept my saying, my calling them love because that's the way I speak. All I do is, okay, I just have to stop. I just have to never refer to this person again as love or address them as love because they, they seem to have being shocked by it culturally it it's not normal for anybody who is not a partner or a, a loved one to call them that so i'm i'm just going to stop you know but it, it, that seems to be for me the problem is that a lot of people seem seem to think it's it's like yeah you're digging a deeper hole by going into this whole explanation trying to get people to accept the way you think as opposed to this person saying yeah, I just don't want you calling me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, it, it could, you know, you're speaking internationally, you can also say regionally here in the United States, I was, you know, my father had been in the military, so he was very much a yes ma'am, yes sir type person, even though we, we didn't live technically in the South. But when I started working in Maryland, women especially would get incredibly offended if you called them ma'am. Oh, yeah. Very, very offended. And so to me, I was just saying what I was supposed to say. Like, you call women ma'am, not 
older women, not younger women, just women. Women were men, and yeah. women were ma'am, and men were sir. That was just the sure. way it worked. That's right. Yeah. That was my upbringing. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's that was what my background. So I had to adapt and realize that in this state, when I'm working, I, I can't just assume that it's okay to call a woman ma'am, because she yeah. may come across the desk at me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, when we moved, you know, we've moved around some, but when we came here to the South, I was sort of able to revert to my roots. And I probably hit the ma'ams and the sirs a little too hard now because you can tell very much that it's expected here. Like it, it's yeah. more so, you know, if someone is speaking to you and they have the, the more traditional Southern accent, I'm going to come out with the ma'am. I'm going to come out with the sir and know that it's going to be okay. Actually, it's going to be better than okay. That That is okay. You're showing me respect, which is right. what I was always taught that it was. So anyway, I guess all of that just to say that, you know, there's so many words that have these regional meanings that... If you look them up in the dictionary, you can say, well, this is exactly what it means. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a, a respectful term for a female. But if someone is not taking it that way and they see it as a sign of disrespect, then you, ha- you, you do you have to respect that. You can't just say you're being ridiculous or you're being silly. You just have to go, okay, that's the way you feel. That is your upbringing. I'm not going to call you ma'am. Right, right. You know, uh, my, my wife used to get madly offended when we moved well, we moved to the house because, you know, they, they called me ma'am. And I'm like, I think that's the way they speak. Like, I, I, I'm not sure that they see Christine as an old lady. It's just, you know, it's, it's a sign of respect. Yeah, it was certainly, I mean, I can't speak for Southerners, but in terms of my household, what I was brought up with, it was it was purely respect. So, I mean, I would call little kids ma'am. You know, it was, it was just... Yeah. I'm just yeah. extending an ex, ex, you know, expect respect to you that I would expect back from you. And if someone called me, ma'am, I wasn't offended because that was the household that I grew up with, military. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so, but again, that's it's it's a whole background cultural thing that you, we are all just trying to, I guess, navigate and and those of us who want to cause as little harm as we bumble through this world. <laughs> as we can, are trying to, uh, to, to do the right thing. Yeah, and so here's what we're going to do. <laughs> we highly recommend these, how many episodes? Was it eight? Uh, uh, actually, or six? Six. I, I think, yeah? Yes, um, six. And each one of them are about 20 minutes. They're funny. Cage does a fantastic job. Host, uh, as a host and as a moderator or whatever you want to call him. Yes. He can't help but being weird, isn't he? <laughs> he was he 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 was more entertaining than I expected. Yeah. Cuz when I first saw it was Nick Cage, I was like, eh. cuz I mean, <laughs> I'm no hate or disrespect to Mr. Cage, but I, I every so often it's he's a little little out there and he was definitely yeah. out there with this, but he was very entertaining. Yeah, he was out there, that's for sure. <laughs> but entertaining more than he was out there, you're right. Uh, and so it, it was enjoyable to watch. And there's a couple of comedians there that I, I've, I've never found funny, but but that's okay, you know. I'm, go- I'm going to say this, and it's mad controversial, but I, I don't think London Hughes is funny. 
uh, you know, sh- you know, like I suppose it's funny, you know, if you Afro British and you can speak with a Croydon accent or whatever, <laughs> you know. But I don't. I don't think London Hughes is, is, is funny. So I, I I couldn't find her funny. Zainab, what I don't remember her last name. Johnson. <laughs> Zainab Johnson. You remember we actually liked her in Upload. Yes. She's yes. Just like she broke the funny. Yes. In <laughs> you know, I so my reaction to London Hughes is. The, the same reaction I have with Tiffany Haddish. Like, I can find some shit that Tiffany Haddish does and says funny, but not all the time. So uh, it was the same thing. That Australian dude, what's his name? Uh, Jim Jim Jeffries. He's a good stand-up comedian, but I don't think outside of stand-up he can be funny. Is 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 it me? No, no. There, there are definitely comedians that beyond stand-up, they just don't have the... The whatever it is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I kind of have the same thing with Sarah Silverman. I just, and, and she's very talented, but I just, I, I don't have the same sense of humor to find her very funny. I mean, yeah. I do sometimes, and I find some of her characters very funny, but her stand-up is a little too painful for me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Sarah Silverman can be. A bit too punchy with her stand-up, and it's like, come on, make it funny. I know you're tackling social issues and shit, but you can make that funny. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is possible. And I, you know, just just my personal opinion. Like I said, I think she's incredibly talented, and I think she's extremely intelligent. Just something about her humor doesn't make me laugh. Yeah, she is. She's definitely. She has a huge IQ, but you're right. Um, um, I I can find her funny for the first five minutes of. Uh, I, I have the same thing with Louis Black. I mean, I love Louis Black, man, but like, it's he's so intense. Yes. That I get like, <laughs> like I want to punch something, and I'm like, no, I have to stop <laughs> because it's so. In- like, yo, no, man, that's too much anger. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Louis Black wasn't on this. I'm just, we're just making comparisons here. Yes. But again, very good show, JJ. What what would you rate that, uh, uh, this show? I think it was, you know, are we going for five stars or four stars? For Let's do four stars. Out so of four, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Out, of, out of four stars? Uh-huh. I, I think probably a three, good solid three. Yeah, I'll give it a three and a half. Three and a half, okay. Yeah, can, but more more so for the because it wasn't only comedians talking about it, but they brought in the experts. Yeah, and I, the experts really put everything into context for us. I have a lot of respect for them for doing that because they could have just had the comedians read those bits. Yeah, but having the experts actually come in and sit down and. Speak speak to us in their language, if you will, um, <laughs> and in their personalities and, and in their way of presenting things, I think made it much more um, impactful. And uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Three and a half. Fantastic. So we, again, highly recommended the history of swear words. 
You tell us what you think. You can find us online. We have our website, of course, uh, kickinginstrumentpodcast.com. But also you will find us on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter if you look for Kicking and Streaming. So it's not I-N-G, but it's rather I-N, Kicking and Streaming Podcast. You can find Jocelyn on Instagram only as... Jocelyn Podcast. And as for me, you'll find me as Mr. Putzeta, M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A, M-R-P-U-Z-E-T-T-A, on Instagram, on Facebook, and also on Twitter. Thank you, everyone. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.